0: Hey, welcome to How to Write a Novel. So I'm in Japan again, ha, <laughs> ha, In fact, you guys get a sneak preview because uh, I'm doing a travel podcast now, but since I'm only putting out an episode every week, I'm still in Quebec for that podcast. I haven't even made it to this country yet. Man, this time of year, this is incredibly perfect. The end of October, I thought maybe I was getting here a little too late, But I knew everybody, you know, I was there for early summer last time. And people were like, dude, you do not want to be there for late summer. It's a humid nightmare. Even up to like September, if I understand right. Which I believe now, because even end of October, it's like really warm. It's like perfect weather. Perfect, beautiful summer. Like, I've only been here a week or so. Less than a week, but every day has been perfect. It's insane. But it is starting to get a little like you know it's very hot in the day then it's kind of cold at night you know the it's tipping the scales are tipping and it gets dark really early which is very similar to canada yeah by like five by 5 30 for sure it's just pitch black like it is right now it's like about six o'clock but the difference is everything here is fucking beautiful you know everything's amazing looking in the day but it's perfect at night it looks so good and i was a little concerned because i just ate some onigiri my mouth would be a little clicky a little snappy and i ran out of water but wouldn't you know it i'm on some random back street in the middle of nowhere of course there's a drink machine why wouldn't there be (laughs) drink machine asmr this is Suntory. Suntory brand mineral water. For a relaxing time, make it Suntory time. I also could have got Fruits Tea, Zone Quick Boost, Unlimited Performance Energy, many types of Boss Coffee, Boss Latte, Craft Boss Grape Juice, Ooh, Lipton milk tea. (laughs) I fucking love this country, dude. It's the best, dude. It's the fucking best. Whoa, great big 600 milliliter bottle of green tea for only 120 yen. That's actually a great deal. If it was still daytime and it was all hot out, I would get that. But just some water for now. And what even... Okay, this one's a lemon. (laughs) So I just thought I'd do a little podcast about how writing has been going since I got here. And uh, man, I, I really am. I'm just the slowest person in the world. <laughs> like I was really trying to, uh, you know, thinking like maybe every time now that I got a smartphone again that I can write on, I don't need to set down anywhere. I don't need to open a computer. I can just stand there and do some writing. And in fact, I did that today. I was at Yoyogi Park and I was just standing in front of a fucking... I don't even know what it is. It's some weird little pond with algae in it nothing going on, <laughs> but it is all fenced off. So I just stood there, did a little writing. And I was thinking like, what if every time I went to a drink machine, I did a little writing. Every time I went to a convenience store, I did a little writing. That would be cool. But I think if anything like that is gonna happen in the unlikely event <laughs> that I get my shit together like that, it can only be if I jump between different stories. Like I do basically have the writing folder on my phone split with like four sort of more major stories that are much more in progress than the others and then just all the others. I'm going to try to get into the groove of working on all of them or more of them again because I've done this in the past where I just do multiple things in a day. It went pretty well. But it is, you know, got to build up that muscle again, got to build up that routine again. Because the idea of working on the main novel on Explode multiple times a day is just not gonna happen because at this point that I am at, which is the final chapter, (laughs) it just definitely doesn't work that way. You know, once again, I'm just telling you the same shit over and over, just now it's in Japan. So uh, it's cooler, (laughs) hopefully. But you just can't force inspiration, you know? Like the mechanical act of writing is so not important at this point. Trains coming. I love that sound. I was thinking today that, you know, I'm so wildly ignorant about Japanese culture, really. I can't speak the language at all. It's really the city. I just love the city. And just crap like this, like I love when trains go by. So that made me think of train spotting, not the movie, but the actual pastime of people who track down trains and try to See every train, and you want to go to, you know, they would do stuff like this. They would be like, Oh, I haven't seen this train yet. It's like bird watching, but with trains. And I kind of understand. Oh, God, look how fucking packed that train is. I haven't taken very many trains, actually, none since the first day I got here because they're all so packed. Oh, shit. First train went by, another one's coming immediately. Jeez, just stops immediately. That one was less crowded. That didn't seem so bad. But the really crowded one, like, yeah, forget that. I'd rather walk for two hours than <laughs> cram myself onto a train like that. But I like seeing the trains go by. So, yeah, that made me think of train spotters, where I feel like I'm kind of like that, but maybe just with cities. I don't know. I don't have a good term for it. But the cities themselves are really what I find. Interesting. Man, this is so creepy to me, too. So like I said, it's only six o'clock, so it's not actually late, but it is pitch black. Like, the sky is black. So all the parks are still open. I just walked through a little gate, and now I'm in the park, and it's sort of well lit on the main path, but it's so creepy, like all of a sudden I'm in fucking the ring or something. It's scary as shit in here. (laughs) But it's only six o'clock. They can't just close the park. But yeah that's kind of how i justify it to myself that uh, i'm not trying to learn the language i'm not interested in trying to become part of the culture <laughs> you know never gonna move to japan never gonna be a japanese citizen i literally just want to visit and walk around because the place i just like the place the place is fucking beautiful it's so red. i just can't recommend it enough just to come to japan with no point and just walk around for however long you can. It's worth it. Geez, speaking of writing, since it really isn't that late, there's benches here. Maybe I'll just fucking sit down, do some writing. But yeah, the, uh, the idea of working multiple times a day on, on Explode is just, it cannot be done. There is no point because just trying to get from moment to moment to moment is so hard. (laughs) It's so hard. You know, because I just don't want to do the, obviously as I've uh, exemplified over years and years, I don't want to do, get a quick draft out and then try to revise it. I don't think that would work for me. I think if I write something half-assed the first time around, it's not going to get magically better (laughs) because I revised it. I mean it'll I can make details better in revision. I don't think the first draft's actually going to be that good. It will need to be revised, but the bones of it, the fundamental underlying thing, the emotional beats, the psychological profile I'm trying to present here, if I don't get this on the first run, it's not going to happen. So I got to be real careful that each little step is proper. So I'm coming to the end of the final conversation between Sarad and Quaylem. And they had previously talked about how, uh, if it came down to it, Quaylem could absolutely beat her in a fight, no question. But there's no point in that, so they moved on from there. But now she's describing to him this disturbing idea that she had, which was just idle. she wasn't going to do, but that I've talked about in some recent episodes about taking the Akamulan back to his homeworld by, like, building up her Akamulan to go fight the original and take over his whole planet. Just crazy shit. <laughs> crazy warmonger shit. All right, you know, that train's becoming a little less fucking... <laughs> a little less charming now. How many trains go by here? Are you kidding me? Oh, it's not even a real train, I see. It's just a, uh, one of those little checking-out-the-tracks trains. So this crazy plan wasn't something she was really going to do. It was just going to be like a threat to try to threaten him into uh, going off and adventuring. But she hasn't told him that part yet. She's only told him the crazy plan part. And there's a lot of... It's a weird conversation because she talks a lot more than him. There's just a lot of pointed silences on his end. Much as there is here. And it's a little double difficult because he's an alien. So trying to describe physically, you know, in a physical way to uh, get across his mental state is uh, is tough. <laughs> it's a little weird. This whole thing is tough, very weird chapter. Okay, I got to get out of here. Jesus, train. What the fuck shut up. <laughs> Guess I turned the corner on that one. So he's staring at her, and it took like a whole day of letting this percolate in my brain, but I finally came up with like what's what's the le mot juste, what's the perfect thing she can say? And then I thought of her saying, are you thinking about killing me again? <laughs> it's like, perfect, that's, that's the shit, that's the one. But he has no answer to this, you know? He's still kind of disturbed and angry. By the way, this is a perfect example of when days slip away from me and I don't quite get writing done. I just realized what just happened is a perfect example. I found these little benches that seemed great, seemed well lit, put my book bag down. It's like, I'll just finish up this podcast and then I'll do something while I'm here. But it didn't occur to me that trains are going to go by every 45 seconds all day. (laughs) So I picked up the book bag and I'm moving on. Who knows, man, on the rest of the journey. I don't know if anything else will come up. This was a bit of an unusual situation that looked good, but turns out was not and it's just that easy it's just that easy for the uh stop and do some writing moment to slip away but yeah today i was like all right this is where i'm at now now what's the next step because i still don't think Qualem should respond to the question of if he's thinking about killing her (laughs) but what's the next thing she just gonna talk again? So much of her talking, it's such a one-sided chapter in some ways. She's just blah, blah, blah Oh man, I just saw an almost great view of the skyline that I was almost gonna take a picture of, but there's all this construction stuff up in the way of this fence. So I can't see the uh, horizon. If I had had a selfie stick, I could have held it up there. But yeah, by the way, if you want to see Japan pictures, Novel Pod on Instagram has fired back to life. I'm posting one picture every day, which uh, I'm going to do next time I get some internet, because it's evening now, so that means it's morning back home at the perfect time. So yeah, I did my little bit of writing at Yoyogi Park, but it was, like I was saying, just standing in front of the fence of this weird little algae pond. I didn't really accomplish much, I just got to this next step where I... I was like, okay, now I got to figure out what the next action is. And in my stories, action just means dialogue. (laughs) And I walked to the uh, big temple that's by Yoyogi Park. And then I walked around the outside edge of Yoyogi Park. And it's just that classic, you know, where do your ideas come from? (laughs) Where like, you know, I can't just have an idea. I can't just force it. Thinking actively might not even help. Maybe I just need to let my subconscious, I guess I had to just keep reminding myself to think about it. Like, Don't just completely let that slip. Try to think about it, but not directly. Just keep it in the back of your mind until something happens. So, I mean, it took like two hours. (laughs) It's really not that bad, but it's that free fall of like, yeah, but what if nothing happened? something always happens though it just takes a while man there's something about these really little one lane streets i guess it helps that they're perfectly clean as well but you know they're just more for pedestrians in there for cars there are cars sometimes but it's so different from north america where everything is a horrifying two lane death street full of cars that it sort of feels like being indoors even when you're outdoors Maybe that's one reason I like this place so much, because I like to just be outside all the time. But there's like a, the comfort of it's like you're inside. There's some more drink machines. Walk past a washroom earlier, you know, because everything I need to just wander eternally is right here. I have a much better map on my phone this time too. Just a much better phone. The GPS works better and it has the little blue array that shows which way I'm pointing, which is nice. I'm not going the wrong way, but I'm not going the right way. (laughs) But it's a handy thing to have, because yeah, at this next intersection, my intuition tells me to turn left, but I get so turned around even when things are a grid. I get super turned around here where everything is very windy. That would literally take me the wrong way. I've got to turn right from here. And then straight on until morning, actually, the street will take me almost all the way back but it'll have more traffic. So let's wrap this up because it's going to be noisier now. The thing I thought of is instead of Qualum talking and instead of Surat talking, what if the Akamulon talked? But the first thing I thought of was just the Akamulon asking Surat like, hey, are you ready to go? Should we get going? But that was such a rote thing because I just didn't know what else it would say. But I knew, you know, it didn't... The idea, I was like, okay, I kind of like this idea, but that doesn't spark any excitement in me because why would it ask that? That's such filler. That's such rote stuff. The Ecomulon's an ageless being. It doesn't need to hurry. It doesn't care. It can wait here all day. So I thought maybe I could patch that over. It could ask, hey, should we get going? Oh yeah, and I thought it might be cool if the Ecomulon doesn't just message her, if it messaged Surratt and Qualem because they're literally the only two left on the station at this point. So it's like the Ecomulon is really uh, acknowledging. Finally, at this very end point, that Qualem's not just another cog in the Nidarian machine. He, at least in this moment, is clearly a VIP. And I thought that could rattle him a little, because the Akamulan has never communicated with him that way ever before. And every time I feel like I should explain again how it works, you know, that his civilization is like a combination of Akamulan and Nadarian and yada yada, but it's like whatever right from the get-go. I've always found this to be a very difficult novel to explain. <laughs> kind of a bad a bad novel to do a podcast about, in a way. But basically, I liked the idea of the Okamulon talking. I liked the idea of it communicating with both of them. And I liked the idea of this being like a, a little bit of an emotionally overwhelming thing for him to experience, where, I don't know, I wonder what would be a good... Uh, way to explain that. I just don't have one. <laughs> all the things I'm thinking of are terrible. Like what if what if the voiceover in a movie just sort of started talking to you directly all of a sudden? But that's significantly shallower and dumber. And it's not the same. That's more of like a creepy thriller movie thing to happen. Nice, some kids with skateboards just went by. I have not seen many of them, but I have seen more than a couple no skateboarding here signs. It reminded me of North America in the 90s. <laughs> no skateboarding. Skateboarding is bad. You can have scooters and you can have bicycles, but don't, no, not skateboards. But anyway, what I finally came up with, what finally occurred to me, is instead of the accomulan asking the non question of are you ready to go, Instead, if the Camulon's gonna to speak to them both, it should speak to Qualum, not Surat. And the idea is Surat put aside a ship for Qualum so he can go off an adventure, and that's what she's trying to convince him he should do. Like, don't stay here with the refugees. Don't go back to your home planet right away. You can go someday. This is your chance, man. This is gonna be a bureaucratic nightmare. No one's gonna know who was here and who wasn't. You could just go. This is like your chance to just go <laughs> out into the terrifying beyond all by yourself. So what I finally came up with is the Akamilan could ask Qualam, do you want to go with anyone? All the little Nadarian refugees who have already been evacuated, who are already floating outside in space, already waiting for rescue, even though the station hasn't even blown up yet, but it's about to, do you want any of those to go with you? But then also to describe how weird and non-direct the Accomulans' communication is, it doesn't speak directly. It wouldn't ask a direct question like that. So I was thinking it could be described as two questions at once. Both the question of, do you want anyone to go with you? And do you not want to go alone? And just the way the Okamulon communicates, it doesn't do it in conventional words. So it can send both of those messages that are just variations of each other, but it can send them at the same time. And you just understand them both. Oh crap, I recognize this street. Yeah, I've been on this street before. Not this end of it. But nice, yeah, I mean, I so far, I've been trusting in Google Maps and it has not seared me wrong. It's been extremely useful. But yeah, fuck yeah, I've been here before. Nice. If anybody wants to know exactly where I am, just for any reason, I'm walking by a place called Komaba Gakuen. K O M A B A G A K U E N. Some kind of school. Omaba Gakuen. Because, yeah, again, it's so weird that it's not that late. I guess these are kids getting out of cram school or something. It just feels so late. It's the middle of the night. It's so dark. But it's not. This is actually like a surprisingly cool time of year to come to Japan. And I got a somewhat cheaper flight. And uh, I wouldn't say my accommodations seem great. They're definitely more expensive than they were before COVID. but I don't have any comparison. Like maybe if I did come here, like cherry blossom season, maybe everything would be double. Maybe all these places wouldn't be available. Who knows? But that was the idea I finally came up with. The Ecomulon speaks, the Acomulon speaks double. The Acomulon double speaks to Qualum and Surrat. Qualum's never experienced such direct communication from the Acomulon before. He's quite overwhelmed and also as a follow-up as a reverberation it's like whoa the akamulon talked to me and then immediately like and the akamulon's leaving with this fucking weird goddamn rhino girl and i'll never talk to it again and then for sarat's part she could be aware of that because she's tied into the akamulon she knows how he feels she knows what a weird little moment that was for him And what happens from there? I mean, that should be a little easier. Just whatever was next in my notes, I think I can just go on from there, but I'll worry about that tomorrow. That's tomorrow's problem. I figured out today's problem. I'm good. And I just tried taking a little picture. Most of the time, you know, my arbiter of pictures is just if I am taken aback a little, like I saw this cityscape, this night cityscape in the distance, but it's just black. It's not like colorful and just see some normal lights way in the distance. And I've taken a bunch of neat pictures here. Everything's really picturesque, but I don't know much about actual picture taking theory. There's some stuff that it just doesn't look right in a picture. It's like, once you put a frame around it and you can't see the whole thing, and the lack of depth, especially, I guess, for stuff like that that's way in the distance when it just kind of looks flat and you can't judge the distance anymore. It doesn't look right. That picture didn't look right. But that's the, the beauty of digital photography. It's like, so what? Just delete it. So yeah, that's what I love about the how to write a novel podcast is you know, I've been recording all kinds of travel podcasty stuff. but I can't talk about that. How fucking abstract is that shit that I just talked about? I don't know if anyone will care about my travel podcast in general, but they sure won't care about that shit. But maybe, maybe you will. (laughs) Or maybe you'll understand what I'm talking about, at least uh, conceptually, if not directly in the story. But just just this process of like, I just can't force it more than ever now. It wouldn't matter if I stopped at every convenience store and stopped at every drink machine and stopped at every park to quote-unquote do some writing. Because I needed that idea. I needed to know the Akamulan was gonna talk and I needed to know what he was gonna say Without that I got no ability to proceed So I just got to catch that one little drip that one little drip of coffee every day drip 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 and someday The coffee pot will be full. It's so close to full. If you looked at it from a distance, you'd think it was full, but it's not. The very top is not done yet. I need the crema. And I need a song of the day. Oh, that's a good one. So there's this band, the Sneaker Pimps, that they got pretty famous in the 90s for the song Six Underground. But then, in a weird twist, they had a female vocalist for their first album, but then as they were doing demos and stuff for their second album, one of the dudes in the band did the demo singing, and they realized, because she was like kind of a hired gun, and they were like, hey, you know what, this actually sounds pretty good. Maybe this will be all right. So they parted ways, I don't know if it was amicable or what, but anyway, she went on to have a career, they went on to have a career, But I don't think either side was ever as popular as they were together. Certainly the Sneaker Pimps weren't. They were always around. And there was like a song called Half-Life they did that I really liked. But just one of those bands I always wanted to dig into more and I just didn't get around to it. But every once in a while I hear a Sneaker Pimp song that's from like 1999 or some shit. And I'm like, that song is fucking awesome. How come I didn't know that song? And this one, in fact, is from that same album as Half-Life. So I'm sure I just had it on my docket of like, I gotta get around to listening to that sometime and I just never did. But this song is called Low Five. I heard literally like a five second clip of this song in the show Nirvana The Band The Show, which I know that sounds weird, but if you haven't heard of it Nirvana The Band, it's a really good, it's a really good show. It's not about Nirvana, (laughs) that's the joke. It's about a band called Nirvana the Band that doesn't realize there's a band called Nirvana. But yeah, they just played this tiny little clip of this song and it was one of those things that in the little clip, I was like, what the fuck is that song? And I couldn't make out enough lyrics in the clip they played to figure it out. I was just gonna let it go but it was that tiny little clip was stuck in my head it was just the chorus give me a low five because i can't help myself and i was like what the fuck is that so i finally extracted the audio from the episode and ran it through one of those services that fucking identifies songs and they were like sneaker pimps low five and i was like fuck good old sneaker pimps why am i not giving this band more fucking time uh, in my life they're so good so here's lo five by the sneaker pimps thanks once again for listening to my fucking deranged ramblings i'm traveling again i'm in japan i got my 90 day visa everything is fucking swell <laughs> hey for anybody who stayed for the sneaker pimps a little final bit so it turns out that street that i was like oh i've been on this street the street i was thinking of is actually on the other side of my airbnb but i have in fact been on this street several times in fact i just went turned a corner into like a little park and it's like oh there's that fucking washroom (laughs) i've used this specific washroom also several times already so I was like, oh shit, yeah, I'm even closer than I thought. I i know where I am more than I knew that I knew. But anyway, it's a really quiet little park, so uh, I did do the thing. I did the thing I was going to do by the trains. I sat down and I wrote down the notes of all that stuff I just rambled about. I moved some things around, so a little bit more happens before that. But I think I got this whole piece. I mean, this one chapter is broken into so many fucking pieces just to make it digestible. But I got this all laid out, and uh, tomorrow I'll flesh it out and write it out proper, but I did it. (laughs) I did the thing. It helps, I guess, that my Airbnb fucking sucks balls and I don't want to go back there. (laughs) That's a bonus. Yeah, also I've been experimenting with the nighttime mode on my camera. It's kind of cool, so I just took a picture of this park. I'll make it the episode image of the podcast. But that's all, just wanted to report that, that uh, I didn't let that little moment slip away. I just transplanted it to a different park. But again, this really is just easier to do here than it is in other places, just that there is a washroom right there and that there is a little park here and that it's all well lit and there's still people walking by and bicycling and just get all the uh, benefits of a big city without the horrible danger of... I was briefly considering, I'm dragging my laptop around today and I was almost gonna take out the laptop, but, uh, but I was like, no, I should write, do writing. Writing's the thing you gotta do. And even though it's real safe in Japan and everything's fine and it's only actually 7.30 at night, I was thinking back to uh, when I got bear sprayed in Vancouver, cause I had a laptop out. But I mean, that was three in the morning, it was Vancouver a different situation but still i just feel like you shouldn't sit in parks or wherever with your laptop out when it's dark just don't that's just good advice that's just a weird thing to do (laughs) but a smartphone that's fine that doesn't seem even remotely weird so got some writing done there's a line too it's one of those things where just one of the many little things i threw in my notes like maybe i'll use this maybe i won't like a line that i thought was cool but maybe it's dorky Well, first off, I was thinking that by the Akamulon talking to Qualam that way, part of it is like uh, an implicit sort of message that maybe the Akamulon also thinks. Hey, you should head off and adventure, Qualam, my man. So that could be an additional thing to sort of spur him in that direction. But one of the quote-unquote cool lines that I had was after he acknowledges like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go off on my ship and I'm going to have my adventure and she's going to go off and have her adventure. station's going to be gone. They'll never see each other again. It's a whole thing. (laughs) That much in the style of a cool action hero, Serac could say, we're all homeless now. (laughs) And I bet... I bet tomorrow when I read that, it's gonna seem dorky. I'm gonna be like, "We're all homeless now. That's not cool." Shut up! Shut up, you maniac! This is your fault. You're the one blowing up the station and making this happen. But tonight, tonight, as the helicopters pass, anyway, <laughs> it seems very cool tonight. So I don't know if that line will actually be in the novel, but if it is, you can think of uh, think of the park in Sanganjaya, Tokyo, near the bad Airbnb. Or, I can think of that. No one else knows what the fuck I'm talking about. All right, let's wrap this up for real, adios.